Age of Radio. You are listening to Texas History Lessons, a slow walk through Texas history made in Texas by a Texan for everyone everywhere. Hello, welcome to Texas History Lessons. I'm Michael. And for this episode, I'm going to take a look at the life and work of Larry McMurtry, who recently passed. Now, Texas has been blessed with many great writers. J. Frank Doby, Walter Prescott Webb, Paulette Giles, Stephen Harrigan, Elmer Kelton, Lawrence Rod, Stephen Graham Jones, Roy Bedicek, John Graves, Skip Hollinsworth, Catherine Ann Porter. Heck, we could even claim Cormac McCarthy, even though he was born in Rhode Island and raised mostly in Tennessee. At least some of his greatest works were written while living here in Texas. The list can go on and on, and I know I left some of your favorites off this short list. But perhaps no Texas writer was as beloved in Texas than Larry McMurtry, despite his rather remarkable, unsentimental view of his home state. I'm not sure if I could call him the greatest Texas writer as some would, because if I did, and if he heard me say it, and if he were still alive, he'd probably dismiss my words and tell me what he considered a really good book. Like I said, he was unsentimental, even about his own work. McMurtry loved books and built a life making them, reading them, and selling them. This is the man that, while he was briefly teaching wore a shirt with the words minor regional novelist. Now, part of this was kind of a sarcastic slap in the face to critics who had labeled him that. Maybe so, but the more I learned about the man over the years, read his work, and listened and read to interviews, I'm no longer so sure. Despite his self-deprecation, I think many of you, like me, will agree that he was a great writer. One of the greatest Texas has seen and maybe the best. I first encountered Mr. McMurtry like many people did. I bet you can guess the two words I'm about to say. Yep, you got it right. Lonesome Dove. The 1989 television miniseries based on the 1985 novel that won the Pulitzer Prize in 1986 was my first introduction to his work. I was deeply impressed by the story and the performances of so many great actors driving a herd of cattle from South Texas northward, especially Tommy Lee Jones, William Duvall, and Danny Glover. It was a couple of years later before I picked up the massive novel, over 800 pages, and it gripped my attention almost to a fault. I still have the worn mass market paperback in my room, the same copy that I spent two days reading almost nonstop to finish the story instead of studying for a Texas history class final. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did that. I did fine on the test, but it was a story that I benefited from the most because that is where I really began my lifelong friendship with the words of Larry McMurtry. That book led me to his first novels, then to more. Then came the sequel and prequels to Lonesome Dove. In addition to all the novels that he wrote and all the screenplays, Mr. McMurtry produced several volumes of nonfiction, essays, memoirs, his historical works. These, I personally believe, to be the greatest items that he created. But that's just me. If you haven't given them a try, I really encourage you to do so. There's a lot in them. I even met McMurtry one time. He'd relocated his bookstore to the small town of Archer City, where he grew up and near where I lived and live. 
A lifelong book nerd, I eagerly visited the four buildings in downtown Archer City that housed his massive collection of books that he had for sale. On one cold day that I visited, I entered the main building. I think it used to be an old car dealer or auto repair shop. It had a tiny entrance room where you brought your books to pay. They worked on the honor system. You could walk from building to building and peruse the books on the shelves and just take them to that little room in that big building and make payment. And then you enter a massive warehouse-like room just through a door to the right in that little room. And it's filled with books on the walls. And there the man was standing next to a table filled with boxes of books. He had recently purchased the stock from one of Fort Worth's last independent bookstores. He stood there in the cold room, wearing blue jeans and a scarf around his neck, picking out books one at a time, examining them and pricing them with a pencil. He said, hello, how are you? I think I replied, hello, I'm fine. I'm not really sure what I said. And then I went on about my business. And that was it. I already had a feeling that he didn't want to be bothered. He was happy surrounded by his books, and I was happy to have him be left alone among them and just to have met him. Larry McMurtry was born June 3rd, 1936 in Wichita Falls and raised due south in a relatively bookless house on the family ranch near the relatively bookless town of Archer City. He later returned and filled the house with some of his personal library of over 30,000 titles. The rest of his collection spread through two other houses. Dwight Garner in the New York Times reported, he called compiling it a life's work, an achievement equal to, if not better than my writings themselves, McMurtry said. But as a child, even if he didn't have books, he did have stories because he remembered family members sharing stories about things that had happened when they got together. Then something really special happened. A cousin on his way to serve in World War II stopped at the McMurtry home and left a box with several boys' adventures books. That was all it took. McMurtry was hooked on the written word. Growing up, McMurtry claimed that he already recognized that the cowboy ranching life that his family had lived for decades was fading away. Herding cattle would not be in his future. Instead, he fashioned himself into the herder of words across a blank page until they made a story. After high school, McMurtry attended what is now the University of North Texas in Denton, where he graduated in 1958. He then attended Rice University in Houston, graduating in 1960. He then became a Wallace Stegner Fellow at the Stanford University Creative Writing Center in the academic year of 1960-61, where he made the acquaintance of many other famous writers. And while there, he also became a rare book scout. He then spent a year as a composition instructor in Fort Worth at TCU before returning to Rice to teach from 63 to 69. He moved to the Washington, D.C. area in 1969 and with partners opened up a bookstore called Booked Up in Georgetown. That's the store he reopened in Archer City in the 80s. As I said, in 1988, he opened up Booked Up in Archer City. And during these early years, he married a woman named Joe Ballard. And in March 18, 1962, while living in Fort Worth, Texas, they created a wonderful gift to Texas music, a son named James McMurtry who I've mentioned before on this podcast, who in his own right is a genius storyteller through the art of music. Sadly, the marriage did not last. That is the bare bones look at his life. There's a lot more I could say. But 
what I want to do here is take a look at why we know who he is. And it's the books. His first book, Horseman Passed By, came out in 1961. It tells a story of life on a Texas cattle ranch and many problems faced due to the older rancher's awful son. It's a wonderful novel and it is adapted into a film known as HUD, starring Paul Newman. In 1963, McMurtry published one of my favorites, Leaving Cheyenne, also depicting ranch life from the 1920s onwards and follows the hardships and relationships of three main characters told from alternate points of view. Another favorite is his third novel, The Last Picture Show. It came out in 1966. It is set in the town of Thalia, a fictional version of Archer City, and even though it was a classic, it caused quite a scandal in the town because of his depiction of life in the Texas small town in the 1950s. And I'm going to stop there because I'm not going to list every book the man wrote. It would take hours. He wrote at least 33 novels, many of them dealing with Texas. And if they didn't have Texas as a setting, usually there were Texans in it. I'd like to quote what Skip Hollingsworth wrote about McMurtry in Texas Monthly. He wrote his novels about the fictional town of Thalia, Dwayne's Depressed, Horseman Passed By, The Last Picture Show, and Texasville, among others, are pitch-perfect depictions of the realities and hilarities of small-town Texas life. And the novels McMurtry wrote in the 70s about Houston, including All My Friends Are Going to Be Strangers, I'll add one of my, also one of my favorite books, and Terms of Endearment are, in Professor Gus Busby's words, brilliant and moving domestic drama, something that no one was expecting from him. Before we dive more into... Mr. McMurtry's life and works. I want to take a brief pause to thank Age of Radio for hosting Texas History Lessons. He also wrote, as I mentioned before, at least 13 works of nonfiction. He had these wonderful books, these slim memoir-like essay collections. 1999's Walter Benjamin at the Dairy Queen. 2000's Roads, Driving America's Great Highways. 2002's Paradise, which is like a South Pacific travelogue memoir. 2008's Books, a memoir. 2009's Literary Life. 2011's Hollywood. And then there's also 1968's In a Narrow Grave, where he filled it with essays on Texas that took his witty and sentimentality and used it to study his own state. These are all filled with great insight into his outlook and his wisdom. His takes on history are also worthwhile. He wrote books on Crazy Horse. He had a book called Sacagawea's Nickname that contained essays on the American West. He had a book called The Colonel and Little Missy. It's about Buffalo Bill, Annie Oakley, and the beginnings of superstardom in America. Then he had Oh, What a Slaughter. It's about the massacres in the American West from 1846 to 1890. And then he had another book. I won't call it a biography of Custer, more it's a musing on his place in American memory, which is wonderful. I recommend all of these nonfiction works without any hesitation. He knew the subject matter and is unflinching in how he sums up about the subjects in quick fashion. I have to mention Lonesome Dove again, of course, and the prequels Dead Man's Walk and Comanche Moon and the sequel Streets of Laredo. Of the four... Streets of Laredo and Lonesome Dove, of course, are my favorites. I highly recommend them as well, with one word of caution. When McMurtry dealt with nonfiction, he was precise and accurate. But as a novelist, McMurtry used history as a source with which he could play with the information. 
and he did so masterfully, creating riveting stories filled with heartbreak, loss, humor, great dialogue, and strong, memorable characters. But not everything in them happened exactly the way he wrote them. There are often exaggerations of things that did happen. And this isn't a criticism. He wrote fiction. And he did it really well. And there is truth in the books. There is truth in the way he depicted life. The danger, the whims of fate, the hardships faced in the West, and the horrors of just living in that time period. They are true books, but not meant to be factual history books, if you get what I mean. Lonesome Dove was based on a screenplay that he wrote for John Wayne, Henry Fonda, and Jimmy Stewart that never got made. He wanted to destroy the myth of the West. It was, as Dwight Garner wrote in the New York Times, an anti-Western, a rebuke of sorts to the romantic notions of dime store novels, and an exorcism of the false ghost in the work of writers like Louis L'Amour. McMurtry even stated in 1988, I'm a critic of the myth of the cowboy. I don't feel that it's a myth that pertains, and since it's a part of my heritage, I feel it's a legitimate task to criticize it. But the book's popularity overwhelmed his intentions. Readers fell in love with the vivid characters, and in a way, he added to the popularization of the mythic cowboy West. In the preface to the 2000 edition of the novel, McMurtry wrote, it's hard to go wrong if one writes at length about the Old West, still the phantom leg of the American psyche. I thought I had written about a harsh time and some pretty harsh people, but to the public at large, I had produced something near to an idealization. Instead of a poor man's inferno filled with violence, faithlessness, and betrayal, I had actually delivered a kind of gone with the wind of the West, a turnabout I'll be mulling about for a long, long time. He also said at another time, I wanted to write a novel that demythologized the West, he said. Instead, it became a chief source of Western mythology. McMurtry did not own a computer and wrote all of his work on a Hermes 3000 manual typewriter, often turning out five pages a day. There was a period in his time after a, a heart problems where he entered a great time of depression where he couldn't read or write. But he got out of that with the help of a friend he made in a lady named Diana Osana, who co-wrote a couple of books and co-wrote the screenplay for Brokeback Mountain. There are many more fascinating things I could share about McMurtry. This episode is not meant to be a complete biography of his life or an examination of his works. That would take an entire series of episodes to do it any justice. Not to mention the many movies and the television adaptations in his works. I didn't even mention that he won an Oscar for his work with Diana Asana on Annie Prue's short story Brokeback Mountain and how he showed up wearing blue jeans at the ceremony in his cowboy boots and in a self-deprecating way <laughs> accepted the award. Famous author Norman Mailer once explained why he tried not to read McMurtry's books. He said, he's too good. If I start reading him, I start writing like him. So this is my attempt at sharing my admiration and appreciation for him and his work. His views definitely had a, an impact on my own unsentimental view of things or an effort to try to look at it like he would. 
And as I've heard one person say, McMurtry shaped the way many people think of Texas. And it is a goodbye to him and his books. He died at his home in Archer City at age 84 of congestive heart failure on March 25th, 2021. Before he died, he'd been working on two books based in Texas. A Western based on the life of the cattleman Charles Goodnight and the other, a modern-day novel of manners about a, a Fort Worth socialite. He was a curious man, filled with knowledge about all kinds of obscure things. But when it came to his own work, he wasn't that interested. Oh, and one more thing. When asked why he wrote, instead of some deep philosophical answer filled with wise words for the world, he answered, I like making things up. That in itself is a treasure. To the end, he maintained his sense of unsentimentality for his own work. When asked if he really believed that none of his books were really great, he answered, maybe a couple of books will last, he said, but the rest will end up on back shelves of bookshops. There could be worse fates. One of the books he was proud of, I heard him mention in an interview once, was one of those little books that he wrote called Walter Benjamin at the Dairy Queen, which is a treasure. So goodbye to a great Texan and a great writer. Now, if you do want a masterful treatment of Larry McMurtry, his work, and his life, please go read Skip Hollinsworth's writings on him in Texas Monthly. I'm going to provide a link in the show notes. Now we're going to end the show with a song from Texas History Lessons Spotlight Artist, Mando Salas, Dead Man's River. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to all my Patreon supporters. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for leaving ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen. But the most important thing is just share the show if you find a friend that is interested in Texas history. I really appreciate it. So until next time, be good to yourself, be good to each other, be kind. Adios. Mama, I'm going to the river, going so far away. Headed where the catfish jump, where the coyote pups out yesterday. tried my best to keep his spirit alive giving all of my strength keep the thieves out of my family's mind no I tried my Yeah.
Cry out, you'll hear 